Welcome in everyone to 32-Beat Beyond the Tweets. My name is Zach Hajduk, and today I'm very excited to bring you a great conversation with the 32-Beat Writers team. Guys, I have Matt Olson and Zach Ring on with me from the 32-Beat Writers team. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Zach Ring is the founder or one of them of 32-Beat Writers, and Matt Olson is the guy who does uh, stats and projections and web development for us, works a lot on the website and things. Uh, so if you have been on our Patreon and if you're a member there, you already know what's headed your way with this episode. This is one of the drumbeat episodes is what we're calling them tentatively. And uh, yeah, like I said, if you've been on our Patreon, you already know what that is. But we're going to basically just talk a couple of our projections for the, the year here and what we expect to happen, and then some of our my guys that we have for the year as well in fantasy. So let me just start by letting Zach and Matt talk a bit here about who they are. Zach, uh, welcome to the first episode on the main feed. Yeah, glad to be here. I'm I'm Zach Ring. I started the account 32B Writers with a friend of mine, Max Dornan, who's still on the team, but couldn't, couldn't join us tonight. Um, just really excited to see how wrong we are at the end of the year on all these uh, predictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I honestly, I love doing this. It help, always helps you dig in a little bit more. And uh, yeah, Zach is the reason that I have my opportunity here. I think on the show, we're going to have to just go by last names or something. Ring and Hyduke, I'm yeah. not sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, He's the reason that I exist. So Matt, uh, <laughs> welcome in as well. Uh, you do a whole heck of a lot of work for us. He's revamped the website and everything for us recently. Welcome on to the main feed as well. Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, I mean, we've talked about this before, but this offseason really has brought a lot of stuff our way and that we've been able to pass on to the community. So it's it's really been a, a great growth time for us. And we're, we're happy that, uh, you know, we're able to share it with everyone out there now. You know, we did this last year. It was very rough i guess for lack of a better term we put it on the website no one really knew about it but i will say our uh and we're going to get into it some bold predictions we were we did pretty damn good at uh you know nailing some of those so i'm not trying to hype us up at all and not to tell you we're all going to be 100 correct but you know there is hope so we'll see how it turns out this year yeah, I'm excited about that. And what Matt's referencing there is you can check out our main website, 32beatwriters.com, and you're going to see this article up relatively soon, uh, labeled something to the effect of our projections or our predictions for the year. We're going to have NFL yearly awards. We're going to have, um, uh, oh, shoot, uh, division and playoff winners, Super Bowl winners. Bold predictions. Uh, we go from a level one to a level three spicy. And then the hour guys also that we're talking about today. So let's just dive right in uh, to the bold predictions. We'll start off with a level one spicy. What this year do you have for us at a level one spice load for us, Zach? Level one spicy. So this this may not even be spicy anymore. Um, but I had this prediction a while ago is Darren Waller finishes as a top two tight end, um, which now after watching the preseason game the other night and Daniel Jones targeting him just about every pass play. I mean, I, I feel like I'd be surprised if he doesn't finish in the top three, at least of tight ends. Um, as long as he stays healthy and that's been his problem for the past couple of years is staying healthy. But if he stays fully healthy all year, at least plays most of the year, 15, 16, even 14 games, He's almost guaranteed to have 90 plus catches over a thousand yards. 
he's going to be their number one pass catcher um, out of all the receivers or tight ends. Uh, probably have the most touchdowns of anybody on the team. So top two tight end. I don't think he's going to get past Kelsey, but he could probably get past Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my level one spicy take is uh, Darren Waller finishes top two. Matt, any comments on that? No, I mean, I fully agree with that. I, um, you know, I, I couldn't have said it better in terms of I don't think we knew how quickly Waller was going to get chemistry with Jones, but every single practice, you know, that we're reviewing, every single game that we're seeing, the guy's just a target funnel. And there's no reason that shouldn't continue into the regular season. Yeah, and I know I've heard it stated a couple times in a, a few different places, but we tweeted out uh, a couple weeks ago during training camp that Darren Waller was pulled off the field for, quote-unquote, a breather in practice, and we were very, very suspicious that it was simply to force Daniel Jones to throw somewhere else because it was like target after target after target after target in the red zone and everywhere is going after Darren Waller. And I think uh, I might have heard this on the the Fantasy Footballers podcast. He had maybe, what, five uh, pass block attempts or something in the last year or two. He The guy does not pass block. He's going out on routes, and, and he's going to catch a lot of balls. So I like that prediction this year, Zach. Uh, that, that feels like a, an achievable one. So, Matt, where are you at on your level one spice? Um, so kind of a guy in the same situation um, at wide receiver, though. You know, he's on a new team. He, no one really knew what the connection would be like, but I'm saying that DJ Moore finishes as a top seven wide receiver this year. Um, I originally had it as a top 10, change it to seven. I, you know, every single practice game, we see DJ Moore just doing more and doing more. And, and the more to Darren Waller, he becomes a target funnel. You know, everything that's coming out of practice, you're not seeing a ton of, Claypool had his, it's called a week, where he was hyped, hyped, hyped because he was catching everything. Mooney had a day or two in there. Komet hasn't really been talked about much. Moore is dominating everything. And the hype, I truly believe the hype is real. Uh, the connections in practice, the catches that he's making, the guy is a very skilled wide receiver. And I definitely think he's tremendously undervalued right now. Yeah, I think that is... That uh, if that's your level one spice, I'm interested to hear what you can get cranked up to three. Because right now this guy's going at wide receiver 21, at least uh, on underdog. Who, by the way, if you play with them, make sure to use our code 32 beat uh, there. But uh, you're shaking your head. Did I get the uh, ADP wrong? I think it's 21 wide receiver 21. No, it sounds accurate. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Are you so you would be one of the ones predicting like a uh, AJ Brown to the Eagles type of thing? You're kind of you're basically kind of saying that. That's what I'm saying. Okay, Zach, you have an opinion? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty lofty um, expectation of DJ Moore. I love him. I've been reaching on him in several drafts, not in the top seven wide receivers, but I still will reach for him a few picks. Uh, for him to finish that high, he'll that that passing game will have to take a huge next step. Um, but I could see it because he's going to be the target hog. He's going to get all the targets. Um, he's going to get the deep passes. I mean, it's, it, they're going to run their offense through DJ Moore in the passing game. Um, so I could see it. Do I think he's going to finish top seven? No. 
Um, <laughs> do, do I think he'll finish top 15? Yes. Maybe right at that 15 um, area right there. So I, I like the prediction. I, I love DJ Moore. Okay. So right now, if you're looking at those rankings uh, or ADP, in best ball, that's right around Devontae Smith, Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf. So the ones, twos starting to mix it, like the elite twos, the, uh, you know, if you're going with a ring over there. But uh, yeah, that's level. That's that is spicy take. So I've, I've fun. Uh, I'm interested to see where this uh, keeps going. But uh, mine for this year is is. I think a fairly safe one, but Matt hates it. And I, I'm glad about that because Tyler Lockett, I've mentioned this probably on two or three podcasts. I was on a, uh, a couple podcasts where with the four for four, the most accurate podcast. And this was the guy I pounded the day before for them. Wide receiver 20 finish or above for Tyler Lockett this year. It seems like a locked and loaded, very predictable and easy thing to happen. The guy is perennially underrated. He outperforms it every year. If you look at uh, Matt Harmon and his uh, what he thinks of the guy, he has him as like a top five route runner. He protects himself. He's fast. Yeah, he's like 30, 31, somewhere around there. But he's on the team for the next two years, bare minimum. And I know JSN is there, but I'm telling you, that's not going to impact him as much as you think. Why do we think that it's going to impact uh, Tyler Lockett and it's not going to impact DK Metcalf? It is ridiculous, in my opinion how much higher he's going. So honestly, I put this as a spicy take, but only because I think a lot of people disagree with it, with him being drafted at like wide receiver 33. It's, it's obscene and is wrong. I'll let, uh, well, let's let Matt rebuttal that one since he's been so, so strongly opposed to it. I'm opposed to it a little bit, but not as much. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't know we were going in reverse order all of a sudden from spiciest take down to the easiest. <laughs> so I, <laughs> But I see he switched it up on us. Um, I just don't think the that offense. I like what Geno Smith does. I just don't think that offense can support that kind of finish. And I, I'm down on Medcalf this year as much as I love Medcalf. But I don't. I when you add in some of the pieces they brought in, and the help me out here for a second. Who's who's their name in the as a rookie second rounder running back and JSN as the first round uh, wide receiver. Yeah, so exactly. There you go. There's the two examples right there. How is Geno Smith in that offense that typically is a bit more run heavy than anyone ever wants it to be going to support all of that passing out of the backfield? I just don't see how anyone that offense finishes as a top 20 wide receiver this year. Hmm. That that should have been your spicy take right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's down the line. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, I mean, I, I like Tyler Lockett. I faded him for years because he was so inconsistent. Like he'd have that that thirty point game, mm-hmm. and then he'd have three weeks of less than five points. So, but then I was all over him last year. I took him everywhere I could, and I felt like it was his most consistent year that he's had in the NFL. Um, he was like a locked in starter for my teams the entire year. But top 20 this year with JS in there, I don't see it. I'm, I've never been a huge fan of DK, um, but it could happen. 20 is lofty. I feel like that 24 to 32 range is better for him um, just because they brought in a new weapon and JSN's a stud. Um, but 
hey, it's a spicy take, so I can't really <laughs> knock it. Yeah, honestly, like I said, I didn't think it was personally that spicy myself. I wanted to crank it to 15, wide receiver 15, because his finishes have been above that, save one year in the past four, I think. Um, so I just, yeah, it sounds like you two are just out on the Seattle offense, which, yeah, that is definitely not a take I share. But if that is correct, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are going to be disappointed. So, hey, I mean, you never know. I, I'm, I'm glad to get your guys' opinion. This is perfect. I'm not, I'm not out on the offense, but I'm, I'm in at the right price. Okay. Well, what, uh, what are you out on here at level two, Zach? Level two, spicy take. Um, mine is that Aaron Rodgers and the Jets offense will sputter and they will miss the playoffs. Um, everyone's hyped about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and Hard Knocks is there and you're getting mm -hmm. an inside look and all that. But every single day in practice, we get a report that the offense is struggling. And then we see them in the preseason games and the offensive line can't block anybody. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be running for his life. And Brees Hall is coming off the ACL. And they just I, – I think if you look back, I don't know. I, I'd have to pull up some stats. But, like, Aaron Rodgers maybe is on the decline. You know, father time is going to catch up eventually. Um, but if you – I think last year he had his lowest passing yards. And, like, if, if you take all the years that he's played a full season, maybe since – he took over as a starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. So he's not trending up is what I'm saying. And the offensive line's a mess. And it's just, I don't know, there's a stigma around the Jets. I just, they're, they're in a really tough division. So my level two spicy take is Aaron Rodgers and the Jets will miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers last year, 306 or 3,695 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That was his lowest touchdown uh, uh, touchdown count since uh, 2019 and 2018, which, again, we were uh, that full healthy season anyways before mm -hmm. uh, he busted his ribs or shoulder, whatever that was. Um, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you because even if Aaron Rodgers is good, he's not as mobile as he once was. And as you said, that offensive line, we saw day after day, joint practices, mm -hmm. preseason games, and otherwise – and the Jets defense is good, the defensive line, but it was just, from what we got, it sounded like they are just getting roasted. The only guy who was feeding really in that offense seemed to be Garrett Wilson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is another weird thing because I'm all in on Garrett Wilson, but I just think he's going to get so many targets that he's going to you know, be a top five wide receiver. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in. And, and another thing is, is – like it just seems like every time Aaron Rodgers maybe gets like stepped on a little bit, he's limping and he, he gets a little nicked up. So it just worries me. Matt, you got any comments on Aaron Rodgers? Um, I mean, I think the only thing I want to comment on is I did, I think Zach might have just said that Garrett Wilson was a top five wide receiver, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we don't have to get into that. I guess I guess we're adding spicy takes to the That's next like year. my level my level half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I mean everything you guys said has been everything I've heard as well. It just as a Patriots fan, sorry everyone out there if I just got booze. Um, <laughs> They stopped listening. I mean, I love this take. I want to believe it's real. I want to believe, you know, 
everything we're seeing on hard knocks and all that is, is reality. Um, you know, and I guess that first game out is probably going to be really where the season at least starts for the first quarter in terms of the momentum, what Rogers is doing, what that old line is doing. I mean, the old line, you guys hit on it. It's, it's been a mess. So, and Rogers mobility, not being what it was, and him getting hit, not being able to bounce back. I mean, it's just a recipe for disaster. So it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, and uh, the AFC East plays the NFC East this year. And the AFC East, of course, as always, plays the AFC East uh, twice. So you're going to be going up against Buffalo twice. Uh, the uh, uh, Well, I was going to say the Eagles. They, they do play the Eagles. But um in division the patriots look like they have another really good defense and then uh miami of course uh you know they at least have a good offense so you have to keep up with them and then out of division dallas great defensive line uh eagles great defensive line typically uh even though they lost hargrave this year probably going to be more of the same and then uh yeah did i uh mentioned Washington. They don't have the best defense, in my opinion, but they should have a great defensive line as well. So if that offensive line is struggling, there's at least four or five teams that on their roster that they'll play a couple times each, at least in the AFC, that are going to give them problems. So moving on uh, to your take here, Matt, at level two, what do you got for us? Um, I mean, I feel like this is just truly on everyone's radar now. I honestly probably should have changed it, but I think it really is going to be the reality. Um, Tank Bigsby finishing as the top backup running back stat-wise. Um, I even threw a stat line in here. Um, it's kind of crazy, but I see him finishing the season with, let's let's go crazy, 800 yards on the ground, six touchdowns, another 35 receptions through the air, but they're 280 yards and four touchdowns. I like it. A big it, I like part it. of this is I don't think that Etienne's going to get the amount of rushes per game that, Everyone wants to believe he is. I just don't believe in him as a anything close to a workhorse back. Yeah, I'll throw a little bit of cold water on the Bigsby hype um, for all us ETN owners. The only <laughs> way he's reaching 800 rushing yards and two 300 receiving yards is if ETN gets hurt. That's the only way it happens. So – which I mean, that's not out of the question. It's a long season. It's you can't really expect anybody to play 17 games anymore. So I don't know. I think he's the top, the top handcuff to own. Maybe him and Algier, and um, well, it's hard to say who the 49ers are going to go with. Um, so yeah, I, I like Bigsby, but that's that's expecting a lot from him, assuming ETN stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, we had John Shipley on. For those of you who are listening, uh, you will have probably already heard that interview and my opinions on that. I really do think that this can be a top five offense uh, in the NFL, the Jags that is. I just um, am a little worried about the offensive line. If that's where I was going to put any worry, that's where I'd put it. But I love Tank Bigsby. The reality of the situation, like there is a path. You want to write a narrative here? It's that ETN hasn't been healthy. He's had foot issues. Those can recur. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but we've seen Liz Frank problems recur. Um, additionally, he's not necessarily a plus-plus in the passing game. And uh, he doesn't... I mean, we retweeted a Bill, a Bill Barnwell uh, tweet here earlier today about him maybe not having as 
much of an issue at the goal line as some people are saying but we know tank bigsby can catch the ball we know that he can run the ball really well and we know that uh they drafted him and they didn't draft etn so i don't know i i I would love this if this happens because i've been snagging him pretty much everywhere let me let me say one quick thing about that barnwell tweet it was like he said that he had nine i think maybe it was nine chances and he converted he converted two and then he gave like five examples of where it was somebody else's fault. So mm-hmm. he Etienne was not great at the goal line last year is the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't mean it was necessarily, like you said, all his fault. So we shall see what happens there. Uh, my level two take moving on here is that Javante Williams finishes ahead of Brees Hall. This uh, is probably a less spicy take than it was maybe two weeks ago. But Brees Hall is also coming off of an injury uh, to a knee, the same that Javante Williams is, but we've actually seen Javante Williams in a preseason game now. Additionally, uh, Brees Hall, of course, has uh, Dalvin Cook there. Now, we probably see his value, Brees Hall's, that is, come down a bit, I would assume. Uh, I don't think it should come down too, too much necessarily, but I was already liking Williams ahead of uh Brees hall and and you can get him at least a full round later right now um again we've seen him healthy and if he can be on the field from week one even if he's not a full go i just it i don't even know if we have a timeline right now for sure and for certain that Brees hall is going to be on the field week one and i'm very confident it seems that javante williams will be and he just seems to be ahead of him so that's where i'm at with that i like them both um I think Brees Hall will be on the field week one. Um, this obviously would have been a much spicier take a week ago before the Dalvin Cook signing. Um, because now I feel like, I don't know, Brees Hall is still going ahead of Javante Williams in drafts. Um, they're both very talented. It'll be interesting to see the split between Brees and, and Dalvin. But I could definitely see, uh, see Javante finish ahead of Brees. So I like this take. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that the take is sound. I uh, I think one thing that's interesting with it, you know, there's a lot of talk about Dalvin, you know, cutting into uh, Hall's workload. But I think there's the other side of uh, Williams and with Piran. I think he's just an underrated backup. I think pass catching wise, I think he's going to take a lot. It would be on the field a lot with that offense. Um, you know, the Broncos have been doing some different stuff, I guess, for lack of a better term. In camp, Sean Payton's, you know, trying to get a reconstructed offense going. Um, we've seen his offenses be very successful with running uh, running back pass catching. Out of, and uh, I don't know. I just think P. Ryan's going to cut more into Devontae's work than anyone wants to admit or maybe even think is possible. Um, that being said, I still do agree with the take. Um but yeah, I just yeah. wanted to throw a little tidbit in. Yeah, I mean that's definitely possible. Uh, I don't think P. Ryan is necessarily a world beater. So, uh, but I, I hear you that the situations are similar with Cook and um, P. Ryan, both being guys that they're probably going to rely on a little bit until the other guys are are on their feet, as it were. Uh, I'm looking though, and Javante Williams at least again now he is rising slightly, but. He's at pick 75 overall in underdog at the moment, while uh, Brees Hall, despite the fact he is definitely slipping over the past couple of days, is at 43. So you can still get him 30 picks, at least, you know, arguably 
today. And that just feels like a, a really good value after that kind of RB Denzone there. Uh, he seems like one of the guys that could actually outperform that uh, quite easily if he's backed by week four to, to, to his normal self. So uh, moving on to our level three spiciest here, Zach, what is your spiciest of spicy takes? All right. This is the year of the rookie tight end. <laughs> we've had, we have had rookie tight ends come through and they have just flopped and everybody's high on them. And then they barely do anything, but this is the year where two rookie tight ends finish as top 10 overall tight ends. And it's kind of hard to choose which, which two it's going to be. But in my opinion, it's going to be Sam Laporta and uh, Dalton Kincaid. I, like that. I, almost, I almost said there was going to be three. Um, and there could be four. But I'll stick with two. It'll be, uh, it'll be Laporta and Kincaid. They're both going to finish as top two tight ends. Uh, Laporta's already the tight end one on his team. He's a target hog. He's just an all-around good tight end, which the Lions need. Um, so I think he's guaranteed for the top 10. And then there's Dalton Kincaid, who is essentially a big slot receiver. Mm-hmm. And he had a nice route and move and catch the other night in their preseason game. And I just think that's how he's going to be used. So two tight ends will finish. Two rookie tight ends will finish as, as, two, as top 10 overall tight ends. That's my I'm, spicy. Uh, I honestly was – I didn't think you were going to go Laporta. I thought you were going to go Musgrave. I, 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 I like I like Musgrave. I'm not sold on Jordan Love, so I'm going to stick with okay. another two. No, that's awesome. I mean, I, I've been saying this to people, so I'm, a, I'm 100% in on this take. Um, I mean, in redraft, personally, I have Dalton Kincaid ranked seventh. So – I believe I'm a firm believer in this is going to happen. Um, and I want to see it happen. You know, it, it's the modern day NFL. It, it, it should be happening more. So I, uh, I would argue, and I'm crazy clearly with some of these already, um, that this could have been a level two, you know, kind of spicy take. I do think this is the year. Yeah, I you're gonna have a harder time convincing me, but if I am taking two rookies, those would probably be the guys that I'm taking as well, like especially uh, with uh, Williams suspended six games in that Mm -hmm. uh, receiving core there in Detroit. So yeah, yeah. I just, I hate rookie tight ends, man. The only one that I've been in on at all is Kyle Pitts and he still finished uh, tight end 11, I think, but of course that's Mm -hmm. because of touchdowns. So where would you, uh, you're saying top 10, do you have a ranking for either of those two guys just offhand? Mm, no, I don't. I just know that Kelsey will be one. Uh, we're going <laughs> to say Waller two, Andrews three, Hawkinson four, and then honestly, the two rookies could finish anywhere from from five to ten. So, okay, okay, they'd have a pretty good year. Yeah, I mean, and you can get them pretty late. Uh, Laporta, especially, I'd have to look there, but he's not somebody that you couldn't uh, couldn't grab if you wanted for yeah, sure. I have, so. I have- I have a ton of shares of Laporta on my best ball teams that I wait on tight end. All right, Matt, what's your level three? Uh, so for my level three, and just to make you angry, um, <laughs> it's 
Deuce Vaughn shows up and posts similar stats to Darren Sproles in 2008, which I probably should have had up so I could tell you what they are, but I'm going to do that as I just <laughs> continually talk here and keep you entertained <laughs> while I click into uh, pro football reference because Darren Sproles in 2008 had 330 rushing yards and one touchdown and 342 receiving yards and five TDs. Um I like that stat line, you know, that's that six, 700 total yards, you know, somewhere between five, seven touchdowns. Um, I mean, come on, guys. What's not to love? You've, we've all seen – we've been posting videos on our Twitter of Darren Sproles just making defenders look silly. Like, how can how can you not just want to get behind this guy? So you're, already you know, you're already confusing. You just said Darren Sproles. Yeah. Oh, because I'm because I know <laughs> that's who he's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, you made me look up uh, Darren Sproles stats. This guy was such a stud for being like five, six. He's one yeah. inch taller and like fifteen pounds heavier than Deuce Vaughn. Say that I again, though. Fifteen pounds is a lot of weight <laughs> when you're one ninety. Fifteen pounds, one seventy-five. Are you kidding me? Like, I weigh more than this guy, and I don't play in the NFL. What is crazy? It's like Zay Flowers. You think he's gonna die because he's small? No, because he's not running through Zach Martin and you know whoever else is there who might accidentally step on him. Deuce Bond just that, hides. He hides yeah. behind the entire offensive line, and then all of a sudden he's just in the secondary. Like, yeah. I am sorry. I can't get on board. You're t- he he hides behind the offensive line. That's not what I want to hear. I want like yes, Derrick Henry pushing people over. You no, no this is ridiculous. Uh, I'm this sorry. Is, I, I I'm the only one. I'm the he's only gonna one. have zero yards after contact because he's never gonna get contacted behind the line. Of uh, see, I even disagree with that. I I think he's gonna he's gonna have he's gonna break so many tackles this year. He already broke no, one he is. in the preseason oh, my game goodness. the other day. No. He almost got yeah. face mask, but they grabbed his shoulder. I think and yep. twisted around. He spun around and went in the end zone. Uh, you and you and I uh, are watching different games. He's a stud in he college, was... and he's gonna yep. be good in the NFL. He might we, have a couple of games where he rips off one because he gets away. But, like, you bring up that Alabama game. He had, like, yeah, one 80-yard run, and then the rest of them are, like, one yard, one yard, one yard, one yard. Like, he's just – yeah, I That's mean, maybe true. he's, like, baby Saquon. But I just can't – I'm sorry. I well, can't get behind him. He's fine. You're the Alabama game. The Alabama oh, game, I mean, you're also – you're putting the Kansas State offensive line against the Alabama defensive line. Like, he's, he's not going to have that anymore. It's going to be the Cowboys' offensive line against the Eagles' defensive line. He's got a better chance to to break off more longer runs. Look, I think he's going to have – if you take him in basketball super late, I can see that argument. But I there is no way on earth that you can convince me to take this guy in any circumstance in <laughs> in um, in redraft. I Now, you're going to probably in find no a, a way that I'm wrong here. No. Why would I do that? The guy's going to – when he has to pass block against Javon Hargrave or something like he that, he's going to die. They're not going to make him do that. Yeah. I know, I'm he very better hope they don't have to max protect or something like that. I'm very, I can't wait for week one. I'm excited uh, to have him on my dynasty teams. I'm not taking him in mm-hmm. redraft. I haven't taken him on any underdog teams. But in dynasty, I love looking at him on, on the bottom of my bench there. 
I would have to go back and look at our summaries here on Patreon. Uh, plug for everybody who's listening. But wasn't he? Did he even play in front of like we, we saw Rico Dowdle? We saw Malik Davis. No, did we, we see him on the field. That's besides the point. He did. Yeah, six, everything else. The guy's a sixth round pick. Okay. If he was drafted, so is like, Tom Brady. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One guy. I mean, okay, so you could think of like three guys. Yeah, they made the Hall of Fame, but like I don't even think you're trying to say that Deuce Vaughn is doing that. But I just, ten, I mean, ten years from now, we're gonna be uh, counting Deuce Vaughn's six uh, Super Bowl rings, oh talking about God. how he's the greatest running back of all time. That's he'll be what at the I fantasy heard. football expo, yeah. and he'll be enshrined in Canton, <laughs> and we can all go and see. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I think we did. We're spending a lot of time on that, but you can tell I'm the only one on this uh, team that does not like Deuce Vaughn. I'm just out. These other guys have taken and drank the whole five gallon uh, cooler five, of Kool Aid. Five foot six. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Moving, moving on to a, a larger man. Uh, we're going to go with my level three spice take here. Uh, Bryce Young. Oh, I yeah. say that Bryce Young <laughs> finishes as the best quarterback in the NFC South and has the best rookie season since Russell Wilson in 2012. Now, he's not going to be the same rusher. I'm not of that uh, persuasion. But what he is going to do is he's going to pass for more than 3,100 yards, more than 26 touchdowns. And uh, I don't know, probably somewhere around 10 interceptions. For those of you who feel like that's a stretch, if we look at Mac Jones from 2021, who I can't imagine a single person, even Patriots fans, believe that Mac Jones is more objectively talented than Bryce Young. Mac Jones threw for 3,800 yards. That's 700 more yards than uh, I'm projecting here. 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So maybe I, I this sounds spicy, but I think the spicy part is that he maybe finishes as the best quarterback in the NFC South. We don't even have to talk about the Bucks with the fact that Kyle Trask may take over by week four. And we don't have to talk about, excuse me, we don't have to talk about the Falcons where you've got Desmond Ritter. If you can't outperform a, what is he, fifth round pick, fourth round pick, I forget. Uh, that's how low he he went and should not be starting, in my opinion, for the Falcons either. Uh, you got to beat Derek Carr. Well, do you know the last time? Let me pull it up here. Let me just find it. I forgot. I should have pulled this. You know, we're, we're learning here. But I Derek think you Carr, still have so much energy built up from Deuce Vaughn that now you're just hammering it home. I, I, I just love how he, he segued. He goes, he goes from Deuce Vaughn, then he goes, we're going to talk about a larger player here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he's bigger by a couple inches, and I probably a couple pounds. I'd have to look him up. But you know the last time Derek Carr passed for more than 30 touchdowns? When? One time. One time in 2015. The last time he passed for over 30 touchdowns was 2015. So – all that all that we have to get from from Bryce Young is a Derek Carr season where he passes for what he has done with Devontae Adams uh, and, and the likes uh, for the last year, uh, which was 24 touchdowns last year, 3,500 yards and 14 interceptions. You can't convince me that there's no way that Bryce Young outperforms that. So 
the my the the string that is going to be uh all have all of this tied together is the offensive line there which i had a little bit more faith in before some of the preseason games but this is level three and i actually think it's somewhat reasonable i i love bryce young i'm like the number one fanboy in the club of bryce young i have him on several dynasty teams big fan of bryce young so I agree with you. I think I, I think it's if if he's not this year, then by next year he's the best quarterback in the NFC South. Um, it, it's not much competition, but Bryce Young is it. He's 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 gonna. I mean, the only worry is the offensive line, and you really think that they're gonna find ways to protect him. And if they do, he's gonna put up numbers. He's that good. He's he's just he's accurate. He's athletic. He's smart. He knows where to go with the ball. He can throw from all the different arm angles. I'm I'm all aboard the Bryce Young Express. All so right, so we got one. That, uh, really? Zach, that Zach Hyduke did put these in reverse order on his <laughs> chat, right? Because <laughs> um, I do. I agree with this. I, I like those Derek Koss stats that you just laid out there. I, um, I honestly think that's pretty interesting. I do like the pieces in New Orleans much better than I like the pieces in the Carolinas. Um, kind of all around, you know, I, and I think that's going to be the big, I don't think it's going, I guess what I'm saying is it's not going to be Bryce Young, who I think potentially doesn't hit this prediction. I think it's a supporting cast doing what they need to do for Bryce Young to hit this prediction. You know, if there was even, man, even slightly more talent in that wide receiver room. And and don't get me wrong. Maybe Mingo emerges. Maybe Thielen's not, you know, falling apart. Maybe Shaq <laughs> is still, you know, this crazy deep threat that, you know, he's shown in the past. I don't know. But I think if I, it fails, it's because of them. I agree. It's going to be less about Bryce this year, more about his mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. And, you know, I think that is just what I'm trusting in is Frank Reich and Bryce Young being great uh, as a rookie. Yeah, he's short, but everything else checks the box. If you listen, I I like to listen to Daniel Jeremiah because he knows way more than I'm ever going to know about scouting. And he said that he would have been talked about in the same breath as Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence as a prospect if he was not the height that he was. So, and he looks the part. Every, everything coming out of camp is good. We've seen him. You know, the the preseason games have not been phenomenal. Like, there's nothing that's you know crazy. But he's acted the part, and I think he's done what he's supposed to do. And we can just cross our fingers and hope uh, that Mingo is a stud. And you know, then then we're all good, right? Let's real quick. We have taken a lot of time on those, but I want to squeeze in if we can our my guys lineups. Guys, these are people that we believe in. Just overall, uh, prob- to outperform in general uh, their ADP. We have a full lineup each for you, so we're not going to spend a ton of time each. But guys, just run down quick through your lineup of quarterback, through your flex positions. Who would be in your my guys lineup? And give me just a little bit on uh, you know who you like and why. Okay, I'll go first. Um, cool. So we'll go. So I guess the the setup will be quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, tight end, two flex. So my quarterback, Dak Prescott, um, I think Brandon Cooks is going to 
open back up the offense like it was a couple of years ago. Dak is is underdrafted right now. He's going to have a huge year. Wide receiver, we're going to draft Amonra. Can y'all see that? <laughs> draft Amonra St. Brown. I'm, I'm so – I construction paper sign. Yeah, thank you. I was going to take it up behind me, but um, that wasn't working. So I'll just I'll just hold it. Um, no, Amonra St. Brown's going to have like 120 catches – 1300 plus yards, 10 touchdowns. We're we're going all out for Monra. Uh my second receiver is Devontae Smith. I, if if you look at the back half of the year last year, he was you could argue he was better than AJ Brown. He's going to have another huge year. The ball has bare, barely touched the ground in Eagles training camp. Jalen Hurts taking the next step. Devontae's going to have a huge year. We're going to keep running through this. James Cook and Javante Williams are my two running backs. James Cook He's taking all the snaps with the number one team on a, a high-potent offense. You can't pass up on that, especially where, where he's being drafted. Javante Williams, he's back. I finally want to get on board with him. Um, Hyde mentioned him earlier, so like let's let's go all in on, on Javante Williams. Tight end, we already talked about him. Darren Waller, top two tight end. My two flex, uh, it's the two Brandons, Brandon Cooks and Brandon Ayuk. Cooks is going to – just like what Amari Cooper did with the Cowboys, Cooks is going to do the same thing. He's got speed. He's got separation skills. He's going to bring that back to the Cowboys offense and make them more potent. And then Ayuk, he keeps improving every single year. He's out of the doghouse. He has a real good chance to become the 49ers' number one target um, over Debo Samuel, over George Kittle. Those are my guys for 2023. All right, Matt, just lead us right into yours. Cool. Um, so same format. Um, I mean, I went with Trevor Lawrence at QB. I just, I love the dude and you'll kind of see why here in a second wide receiver was DJ Moore. We already touched on him. Not going to go too far into that. Um, my other wide receiver though, Calvin Ridley. And he's one of the reasons I love Trevor Lawrence. Um, I mean, he lit up camp. I'm sure you guys are all well aware of that. He hasn't shown any signs of losing a step from taking a, you know, a wonderful year off. Um, I'm sure he placed a lot of bets that year. <laughs> um, you know, kind of going down to running backs, I have Jameer Gibbs, who I just think, you know, Zach Ring touched on kind of the Detroit offense and, and where he sees it going. Um, I think Gibbs is going to play a huge part of that. You know, they, they haven't had someone like this in the you know, that they can just do everything that's asked of them. Um, I think he's going to be active in the receiving game. Obviously, he's going to get his rushing yards, you know. And then, you know, kind of some more controversial guys that I, I truly, truly believe in this year. But, uh, you know, these guys make fun of me for my Arizona Cardinals love. But James uh, James Conner um, being my running back, if he can stay healthy, there's no one else in that and that on that whole team that I think poses a threat to any of his touches, you know, they're st they used him a ton out of the backfield in camp. He had some killer catches, some great high highlight reels. Um, and then my tight end is Don Kincaid. Uh, we touched base on him earlier. I mentioned that, you know, I have him ranked and redraft as tight end seven. I really do think he constantly moves around the formation. You know, he's been in the backfield on numerous plays once and, and, carried the ball, swept the ball. When's the last time we've seen that from a tight end? So I love the flexibility there. Um, then my two flexes. So I have Brian Robinson, who is currently playing as we do this. Um, 
you know, he's solid on the ground. Uh, he had five for 21 while he played tonight. And then here's the key reason I love Brian Robinson this year. Brian Robinson had four targets tonight and caught four passes. Now, it was for 17 yards, so nothing to write home about. But I truly think he's going to get a lot of catches, or more so than anyone wants to believe or imagine. In that same breath, we did see Gibson tonight get three catches. So clearly there is going to be scenarios in Washington where the offense has to flow through the running backs from a receiving standpoint. Um, and I like that to continue. And then last but not least, we're getting into crazy land. I love Taysom Hill. Um, I don't believe – yep, had to do it. He's going to get you – This is, I guess this one I'll put the disclaimer on. I like him way more in best ball than I do in redraft. But I think this guy, like we saw last year, is going to win you stupid weeks that you don't deserve to win because they're still going to utilize him in the ways they have in the past. That was not a Sean Payton thing. You know, we, we saw that obviously last year that he was annoying as hell. Kamara owners are probably still angry at him. I don't think Kendrick Miller brings that much to the table to force Hill out of that role. We saw him play QB. We saw him play wide receiver. We've seen him do everything through training camp. So I like him as a wild card. Your best ball teams will thank me later. That's my lineup. <laughs> All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, so here we're digging a little bit deep on my roster, but if you've heard me talk too much uh, on the 49ers episode, you would have maybe heard me talk about Brock Purdy. So he's currently being drafted at QB 22. This is going to sound, maybe this should have been my spicy take. I think it's within the realm of possibilities that he could be a top 10 quarterback. We've seen Kirk Cousins do it, so don't get crazy on me here, but he has all the weapons. You want a positional advantage at any spot on the offense, it's on the 49ers roster. Wide receiver, Tyler Lockett, he's being taken at wide receiver 32 now, so he's bumped up a single spot since last time I checked. Again, you know how I feel about him. Brandon Cooks, I think this is another guy. He's going at wide receiver 42. The Cowboys may want to run the ball more. Statistically, going to be tough for them to do that, and they brought in Brandon Cooks for a reason. He has uh, been traded for a couple first-round picks on various teams, and he's lived up to those expectations. Wide receiver 42 for a guy who I think should be top 20 pretty pretty consistently uh, is, is a guy for me. Javante Williams, we've talked about him. Don't want to go too far into that, but we did have a copy uh, there. Sorry, Zach, for taking your guy as well. Joe Mixon, running back 14. There's nobody there to have competition with. His legal situation is over. Why wouldn't you take a shot on that guy? He's been elite in the past. He'll be elite, hopefully, this one more year before he uh, starts to decline and maybe isn't on the roster. But he took the money uh, to stay there, and I think that they're going to use him like he did. Evan Ingram, currently tight end eight. I think he's a guy who could easily bump back up as he was last year to, I believe it was tight end five. I believe in that offense. I'm taking all the Jaguars except for Travis Etienne. Flex position, Zay Flowers. I think we all love him as a 32 B-Riders team. We've seen nothing but good things. We saw a touchdown from him earlier tonight, actually. Now yeah. it was on a busted coverage, so it's a little bit hard. But we saw some after-the-catch stuff, uh, which we like to see. And it'll be interesting to track him. But wide receiver 40, he's going way behind JSN and on a much 
on a pass happy offense this year, the, it makes no sense the difference there to me. So I'm taking Zay Flowers in some cases. This is what's spicy ahead of uh, ahead of JSN personally. If 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 I was going to finish him on the season, I'd I'd have him cro- close if not uh, ahead. Then lastly, Christian Watson. He is being taken at wide receiver 22, which is a hefty price. So I'm not saying he's going to necessarily, you know, explode this year into a top five guy, but I do like him. He is an explosive player and uh, Jordan Love, if he doesn't stink, is going to produce enough for this guy to eat. So uh, that was all I have on everything. Does anybody have any final comments here to wrap up before we let the people go? Draft him on Draft Raw. Okay, sounds and good. So, and Darren Waller. That's the yeah. theme. I think so. Those are locked and loaded guys for us, everybody. Those are our uh, spicy takes and our My Guy lineups. If you want to check out all of our predictions for the year, you can check those out on the main article at the website, 32bwriters.com. And also, as we mentioned, we're doing special so, uh, shows of the podcast exclusively for patrons every once in a while. We'll still continue to bring you everything here in the main feed as normal, but wanted uh, if you want additional thoughts and stuff from us, you can check that out on our patron-exclusive shows. Also on Patreon, we post articles, exclusive underdog leagues, and other bonus content there regularly. And if you sign up for just $3 a month, you'll get access to all of that, including our daily news summaries. Guys, Industry leaders use those summaries. I don't want to name names here, uh, but they they do. If they use them, so should you. You can find those links on our website as well, 32beatwriters.com. Thank you all again for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review the podcast. And don't forget to share. It helps us out. We'll see you next week. <laughs>